Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome into Kingdom Keys, the official pregame podcast for Arrowhead Pride with Maurice Elston and Nate Christensen. I am Nick Schwartz coming to you for the final time during the regular season as the Chiefs will close out the regular season with a divisional matchup against the downtrodden Los Angeles Chargers. Last week, fellas, getting the win against the Bengals, clinching the AFC West title, and I saw this a lot on Twitter afterwards, in what's been sort of a, a disappointing season, a lot of Chiefs fans have been hovering over the panic button or smashing it all year long. I saw a lot of the, hey, let's not take this for granted. Winning the AFC West title this many times in a row, dominating this division for this long, it shouldn't be forgotten. To me, though, in a season that has been as bad as it's been, it was kind of hard for me to appreciate winning the division. Maybe that says more about how little I think of the rest of the AFC West, but when I, when I saw that they clinched it, I, I almost didn't realize it. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize that was at stake today. What, do you, what are your guys' thoughts on the Chiefs winning the AFC West yet again this year? Yeah, I mean, the standard isn't winning the division, right? I, I don't think that's unfair to say. I don't think – like, I know when Andy Reid kind of always gives that speech before the season, he always talks about starting with the division first. But, like, we all are – like, we, we know what's going on. Like, the Chiefs are trying to win the Super Bowl – no, if the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl this year, no one's gonna be like, well, they won the division, so that's that's all that mattered, right? So you don't hang banners for divisions. You get those cool T-shirts that you can buy. I've never bought one, so um, you know it's, it's an accomplishment of the team certainly, but like ultimately, it doesn't matter over the course of this how the rest of the season goes. Yeah, kind of same thing. Like we know the ultimate goal for any time that Andy Reid is here and Patrick Mahomes is lining up behind center that is Super Bowl or bust is kind of how it's going, going to be. But I still don't take lightly that they won the division, right? Um, because outside of the Baltimore Ravens and probably the San Francisco 49ers, every other team, including the Chiefs, have really had this up-and-down type season where one minute it looks like they're thriving, then the next minute, even the 49ers with a three-game losing streak in the middle of their season – like every team kind of had that where no one just, in my opinion, separated themselves. So in that type of season where the Broncos was told it to be better than what they turned out to be, same thing with the Chargers was supposed to be way better than what they turned out. And the Raiders making a late game, a late season surge for the Chiefs to fight through everything they have to fight through with their offense and everything they had to overcome to still be able to come out as division winners and locking up the third seed. Kind of has to be some kudos for them, even though it's a disappointment in a sense of how it turned out. Could have been worse. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's probably a good point. I, I've been doing this sort of all season long where the Bengals started the season really poorly. The Bills had a stretch. I look at the Eagles and the NFC like they've been playing poor ball as of late. 
it seems like all these contenders all season long have been in a position where everyone around the league is looking at them saying, not only like, is this team worse? Is, has this team regressed? But for a lot of these teams, it's, will they make the playoffs? Like the bills are playing for a chance to win the division here in week 18, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that was certainly in question. The Bengals obviously not going to make the playoffs. The Eagles have lost four of their last five. So like I, I, I have a tendency to kind of couple them all together and say, well, could it be worse? Bengals missing the playoffs. The Eagles, I think, are the five seed right now in the NFC. And I get it. Like you judge the Chiefs based off of their own expectations. None of those teams have a Super Bowl title in the last five years to speak of. The Chiefs have two of them. And as Nate said, like, that is the expectation. So while I think it's natural to kind of group them in with all the other teams we thought were going to be contenders before the season, I don't fault anyone for looking at Kansas City and saying, nope, like the bar is different for you. The expectations are just going to be higher for you than everybody else in the NFL. Absolutely. Like the, the expectation is skyrocketed, right? Just when you go to five straight AFC championship games, all at home, um, you're making it to what four, three out of the last four Super Bowls. Like expectation is that you be back there, right? But I mean, we all know that making it back to the playoffs is hard for any for any team. Making it to back to back Super Bowls is even harder. In five AFC championships in a row, like who really can say that? So that to have a shot to still do that and repeat that again can't. Like I think sometimes like a se- a season like this. I think had to happen at some point. It just happened mm-hmm. to be, this, it, it had to happen at some point. It just, it happened to be this year. And I think it's a wake up call that makes this off season be very interesting. But until then, here we are still in the playoffs and we'll see what the chiefs can do. Well, this is normally the part of the show where we would get into the injury report. And I want to do that today as we always do, but I think more appropriately as the chiefs get ready for a week 18 matchup, against Easton Stick, a game in which, I last I checked, the Chiefs are underdogs, guys. The Chiefs are underdogs are really? versus the Chargers. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to double-check that. But it's not because uh, Vegas is down on Kansas City this year. It's because Andy Reid announced earlier this week that Patrick Mahomes and some other starters, we don't know exactly who, aren't going to be playing in this one. So – Let's get into both of these things. Why don't why don't we first start with the injury report? Maurice, can you tell us uh, the latest for uh, long, who, who's banged up? <laughs> it's a long list for the Chiefs, like like who's banged up, and maybe it's good that some starters can sit this week because um, Donovan Smith, you know, the tackle, he's been out the last few weeks. He was a full participant Wednesday, and as we're recording this on on Thursday, he did not pra- practice at all today. So, was it a setback there? Maybe so again, because kind of same thing happened last week. Um, Rasheed Rice hasn't practiced all week. Kadarius Toney went went from practicing limited to did not practice today. Um, Chris Jones and LeJarius Sneed have both been out all week. Travis Kelsey's been limited both days. Pacheco didn't practice yesterday on Wednesday, but back at it today in a limited fashion. And then you got Blake Bell, Noah Gray, um, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Justin Ross, Patrick Mahomes, Nick Bolden, and Trent McDuffie all listed, but all were full participants both days. So long list for the Chiefs there. Chargers, um, you had a few players. So so Zion Johnson, Keenan Allen, who's already been said the most likely won't play. He's missed they missed his last um two practices. Nick Williams, Justin Hollins, 
and um, Kenneth Murray. They all have been out all week. Then they got three others listed as limited in Trey Pickens, Stone Smart, and Josh Palmer. So pretty significant list on both sides. The Chiefs having a little bit more significant than the Chargers. And, of course, Justin Herbert on IR is the big one that's not listed. In all honesty, if Patrick Mahomes is not playing, I don't really care like who else isn't playing. It's it's very difficult for me to like right. conjure up any level of emotion towards this week 18 matchup. So I want to get into this. Um a lot of people were saying this right after the game. If you were on Twitter, people were saying all these, you know, this player, this player, this player, none of these guys should play. And it's not unique to the Chiefs. Uh, Lamar Jackson isn't going to play for the Ravens. They've cinched mm-hmm. the one seed. I don't know what the Niners are going to do. I know Debo Samuel said earlier this week, like, hey, like we want to keep the momentum going. I'm going to play at least a couple of quarters. We'll see if Kyle Shanahan agrees with him on Sunday. What are your thoughts? Just generally speaking, whether it's in a vacuum this season based off of where the Chiefs are at right now or just kind of big picture in general, what are your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes and some of the other key starters for the Chiefs resting in this one? I don't have any stats to bring me up on this, but I am very pro-rest. I don't think that a meaningless game where you're trying to like hide things on tape re- against, especially against a team like the Chargers, I really don't think it does anything to like build momentum towards the playoffs. And especially because this team has been in that spot many times where they're coming off the bye. I, I think they've had the bye every single year except 2021, if I remember right, since Patrick Mahomes has been a starter. So like they understand, like, like Andy Reid, of all people, especially knows how to handle this. And there are just some players in this team that desperately need rest the number one case of this is Travis Kelsey I don't think it's a lie to say that Travis Kelsey has really struggled the past like eight weeks I don't like all the stats just watching him play he needs a rest more than anything else and it's especially important for the Chiefs because they don't have another bye coming after this until you know potentially the Super Bowl I guess so they're gonna have to play four games potentially two of those on the road um, because they are locked into the three seed so you need, like, I, I'm just using Kelsey, but I think other players like Isaiah Pacheco, Chris Jones, the offensive line, they all kind of fit into this. But Kelsey's the number one example. Like, if the Chiefs are going to make a run in the postseason, they can't, the way Travis Kelsey's played the last week, eight weeks, isn't going to work. They're going to need Kelsey to at least be closer to what he's been in prior postseasons. And if they can get him any rest so that he feels any more fresh, any looks any better in the postseason, I think that's. I think that's huge. I think that's important for them. So I'm very pro rest. I don't think that, I mean, an example of this last year was the Chargers. Remember, like the Chargers played all their starters in week 18 to keep that momentum. And then Mike Williams hurt his back. And that was a huge reason why their offense kind of fell apart in the second half of that game because they didn't have anybody outside Keenan Allen to go to. So you never want to have that situation because then you just feel nothing but regret. And with the way the staff, the players have handled buys in the past, I'm not that worried about them kind of coming out flat in the playoffs. So rest, get the guys healthy, and let's have our best version, healthiest version of ourselves for the wild card. Yeah, what about I'm kind of on the same the same path there. While and while I say that, it's a couple of players that we'll we'll see how they feel about individual accolades in the rest department. Um like Travis Kelsey being about, I think, 16 yards short of his eighth consecutive, you know, sure. um, 1,000-yard season. Will they play him just to get him a couple of quick catches to get him there? Or will he say, hey, that doesn't matter. This rest is more important to me. Chris Jones, I think um, if I'm remembering his contract, he has yep. a, a million-dollar incentive to get .5, a half sack to get that incentive. Does he say, hey, I want to play? And does the coach say, yeah, we're going to let you play? to give him a chance to reach that incentive to say, 
we'll give you the first half. Like things like that. Pacheco being 70 yards from his first thousand yard season. So, and I mean, Rasheed Rice being, I think, about 60 something yards from a thousand yard season as a rookie. There's a lot of individual accolades there that says, let these players play. But you got to think that they have a bigger picture mindset to say, hey, more than those individual accolades, your rest and being fully healthy for this playoff run, saying Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, all of you all matter too much to the success of us having a chance to get to the Super Bowl. Then we worried about you reaching these thousand yard or this 10 sack, sack milestone. I would tell Chris Jones, I'll give you the million dollars. Sit on that. <laughs> You can have the million. You on the injury report right now with a growing injury. We ain't risking that for a million dollars. Here you go. Right. I don't care if under the table, however they get yeah, drop it off in a duffel bag. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you say, hey, we're gonna make this little tweak to the incentive contract to make it nine sacks instead of ten. So you can go ahead and get that. Sit down somewhere. Um, Travis, we're gonna throw you a two quick slants and get you this and get you out the game. Like anything, but I'm like rest. Like Nate said, Andy Reid. The team, they're veteran-led. Um, they can handle this by and come back. And I think just having that practice and stuff and mental reps to study where they kind of been falling off at can help more than actually playing in this game. So I think I'm probably closer to the middle maybe than you guys are in this. And, and the, the main reason is because I feel like this there's like the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder right now where it's like, okay, yes, rest. Travis Kelsey is 34 years old. He has injured every single part of his body during his career. Like that guy needs rest. Patrick Mahomes, you don't have a chance to win the Super Bowl without him. So like whatever you can do to right. keep him healthy, keep him right for the playoffs. And that goes for like, there are varying degrees for all these different players. The other side of me does say that like in saying that we're going to rest all the starters, or the key starters, does that is that an admittance that like there's really nothing to be gained from this game? Because while you look at the immediacy of it, it's like no, there is nothing to be gained. You won the AFC West, like your seed can't change. You're locked in. Like what are you trying to prove? But for a team that we have been waiting to like figure it out offensively all season long, there is part of me that says like, could it? Could it help to get these receivers a few more reps with Mahomes? Now, the other side of it is, are you gonna are you gonna figure it all out against the Chargers? Like, right. are you gonna put together three good quarters and then all of a sudden your problems are solved and this team's a well-oiled machine going into the postseason? Obviously not. So I don't really have a problem with them resting. I don't have a problem with it at all. But there is part of me. I think what it is, guys, is it's fear, knowing that. Sure. Sure. This is it. This is it. The offense that we've seen for the first 17 weeks, that's the offense we get in the postseason. There is going right. to be nothing to make me feel better about this team once the playoffs start. And I think that's where it comes from. It's just the idea that how I feel about this offense right now is exactly how I'm going to feel about them once the postseason starts. And that's a little scary because, spoiler alert, I don't feel great about this Chiefs offense. Sure. I think what I would say, though, to that, though, is like, like you mentioned, I don't think, like, just an example, like, if Kadarius Tony or Marquez Valdez-Scantley played this week and they caught touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes, I'm not going to be like, all right, I am not worried about them playing in the playoffs at all. Yeah, let's right? go. <laughs> that, that's sort of where it's kind of as, like, there's not, there's very little in this game that could, like, make me, like, change my opinion on that in terms of, like, how I feel about them going into the playoffs. So, like, I, I, I get your point, and I think that, um, you know, you certainly, like, 
there would be some level of value of keeping the train rolling and maybe getting another positive performance in. But ultimately, like in my mind, at least, and it doesn't matter what's in my mind, but from my perspective, like I wouldn't feel any differently about Kadarius Tony going into the playoffs if he, you know, had a really good week against the Chargers in week 18. I still would have a general lack of trust in what he kind of is as a player. And I think for me, like, I would probably play a Tony and an MVS in a game like this. Sure, um, sure. Because, you know, I got – I Patrick Mahomes is not lacking confidence at all. I think a Kadarius Tony, wow, if he had a crazy good game against the Chargers, would I believe in him? Probably not. Could that help him mentally? If MVS was to go out there and catch some balls and not drop something, could that help him from a mental standpoint? Because honestly, that's what I think it is at this point. I don't really think it's a physical thing or anything with these players. I think mentally they have lacked, they have lost some confidence in their own ability. And to go out there now, the the, the question is, can they even have a good game? Because last time we seen Blaine Gabbert, he threw two interceptions within three passes. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see if, if that can help. But I think a struggling player could benefit from a game like this. Yeah, I, I again, it kind of goes back to the same thing where it's like, I agree. That's the whole reason why I'm sort of like, okay, you're not yeah. going to play anybody. But then the flip side is kind of what Nate just said, which is like, I've got 17 weeks on these dudes. Like right. one <laughs> good game against the Chargers isn't going to have me super confident in Kadarius Tony. which again, it's like, I can kind of feel myself battling this idea that like, it doesn't really matter, Nick. Stop acting like this matters. You're scared that the Chiefs offense stinks and they're going to get exposed in the postseason and like this is just it. But you have every reason to, to feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this feeling, guys. I don't like I don't this feeling. Either. Okay, so because of everything that we just discussed, um, before I before I move on to the next topic, I guess I'll just give everybody the floor here. It, can, can either one of you guys give me – and everybody listening, an excuse to care about this game. Is there any reason why I should be emotionally invested in this Chiefs-Chargers matchup in Week 18? Uh, well, for me personally, the only thing I truly care about in this game is uh, Felix Anaduki Uzama. I want to see him play. And there's been a lot of discourse about, you know, did the Chiefs use their first-round pick right? Personally, I find it silly. Um, it's, you know, the Chiefs, we all kind of knew this was going to happen. The Chiefs haven't struggled to generate pressure all year. And with Chris Jones being able to play defensive end, they have four defensive ends better than a 21-year-old rookie right now. So I don't understand why, like, people are getting upset about that. But that being said, this is an opportunity for him where he spent 17 weeks in the facility, learning under Joe Cullen, being under all these good veterans. So let's see a good week, right? It would be really cool if we saw him come out and, like, have a sack and a half. And he's getting pressure. And you see improves uh run defense and stuff like that because then you could be like oh like this guy clearly took steps over the course of the season he just might not be quite ready to you know play over the guys that have been really good this season like charles amenahu mike dana chris jones the defensive end george carloftis they've been awesome all this season i don't think it's like and even like leo chanel and drew tranquil and willie gay like they rush off the edge sometimes like those guys are more seasoned vets we knew that, like, I thought Felix would have a bigger role on this team, so I'll, I can take my L there. I, I thought he'd be a little bit more impactful, but, like, this defense is one of the best in the NFL. I don't think it's insane to not be playing him right now. I actually think it's smart. I think he'll be more beneficial long-term, but I do want to see him. I want to see what he looks like. 
see what kind of the baseline level looks like, and then we can have something to evaluate off of going into the off season. Yeah, kind of same. Like if 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 I'm focused on anything to get excited about more than probably the game and team focus individual players. Like, so I would love to see, of course, a Justin Ross get some reps and get comfortable because we may need him in the playoffs to, 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 to be, to be some part of this. So seeing him get comfortable a little bit in the office and really get some camp, you know, just some reps in some consistent reps in, I would love to see that same thing with, you know, with Felix, I would definitely love to see him, I kind of would love to see, even though with Donovan Smith being out and Morris starting the last few weeks at left tackle, I would love to see him get another week under his belt at the left tackle position mm-hmm. to um kind of still, you know, get some growth and things there. So it's more of an individual player. Um, I think getting Joshua Williams and Justin um and um and Jalen Watson in there to be able to just start at the cornerback positions and stay in there all game and get tested, you know, however else stick can test them but but i would love to see them just some other players some young players that you never know who's kind of like next in line if something does happen in the playoffs from an injury standpoint be able to get some some reps in they in underneath their belt going into the playoffs well the chiefs are locked into the three seed we know that much but as of right now five possible opponents could be coming to kansas city for that first round matchup, including the Dolphins, Houston, uh, Indianapolis, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. So any of those five teams, theoretically, could be the Chiefs' first round matchups. Now, if you go based off Vegas Vegas odds, the most likely opponent would be Miami. I think it's in order of what I just said. Miami, uh, the Colts, and Indy are the three most likely matchups than Buffalo and Pittsburgh's kind of a long shot. Any of those teams jump out at you as a team, you would be licking your chops to see the Chiefs face in the first round and then vice versa. Who is the team that you would most want Kansas City to avoid? Oh, I mean, the team I'd want to face most is the Steelers. I know the Steelers recently have looked better, but like, come on, it's it's Mason Rudolph. Like the offense has been bad, like the majority of this year. I, I don't believe like they faced like two of the worst defenses in the NFL the past few weeks. And the Steelers like, even though they have like a really good defensive line, which is like definitely scary, like they're not great on the back end. This is sort of like their thing. They're always like dominant up front, not great in the back end. The team I really don't want to face is the Bills. Um, I, I, I still like the Bills offense certainly hasn't had a weird couple of weeks, but it really does feel like they found answers defensively after all the injuries. You have to credit Sean McDermott for kind of uh, getting the defense to kind of work again after losing Milano. They got Daquan Jones back. And, you know, Josh Allen, um, we've seen what Josh Allen can do when his ceiling is clicking. When things are working, he can just take over a game. And one thing that I do think is interesting, and this is, you know, pertinent with, like, teams like the Bills and Dolphins, but particularly the Bills, like, when the Chiefs have faced repeat matchups this year, which has only been the Broncos and Raiders, that got destroyed in those games. Because I think that, like, unfortunately, like, that's when their offenses looked the worst this year is was against the Raiders the second time and the Broncos the second time. So I would be scared about going up against Sean McDermott in a game where he already has a game of film on the Chiefs and can game plan about like certain tendencies that they have. But I actually think the Bills are going to win this Sunday against the Dolphins. Um, I think that Miami is just a little too injured right now, especially like losing Phillips, losing Bradley Chubb, losing Xavier Howard. I think that's a really tough blow for them. I don't even know if Jalen Waddle is going to play this week. And so ultimately, I think we'll be facing Miami. Um, I think we can beat Miami. I think that now with those injuries, like I mentioned, I, 
I just don't trust Tua in a cold environment on the road to win a playoff game. So, like, honestly, I'm sort of rooting for the Bills this week to win because I would prefer not to face the Bills on the wild card weekend at least. Um, but, yeah, so toughest or easiest matchup, Steelers. Toughest matchup, uh, Bills. Most realistic to me, though, is the Dolphins. I do think that's who will play. Yeah, I'm kind of right, right on board with Nate on this. Um, I don't want to see the Bills whatsoever. <laughs> I, I I'll mean, go ahead and throw my hand up as well so we can make it right. a clean sweep. I don't want to see that blow. I, I don't. Can the, can the Chiefs beat them? Absolutely. It, it's happened. We've shown it. Um, but everything with the Bills comes down to the wire. Jo- Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are consistently mm-hmm. in a, in a dogfight against each other every time. And I, I just don't want to see that, not with this version of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so they would be the ones that I would not really want to face at all. Steelers, Texans, Colts. I would take all of them in a heartbeat. Um, honestly, I think the Chiefs, you know, probably the Texans the most out of that that group that I would probably say fears the most a little bit um, mm-hmm. with a healthy C.J. Stroud. But I think the Chiefs can handle all of them. Um, their defense can, can can take those offenses out. I think along with Nate, the most realistic pitcher with their injuries, um, understand, that's why I like rest because I don't understand why Bradley, Bradley Chubb was in that game. In that yeah. blowout situation, well, that's a different story, yeah. Yeah, but with losing him, um, Jalen Waddle still nicked up. Xavier Howard, like their their defense has not been dominant it all 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 year. Um, it kind of scares you a little bit to have a hungry Tyree Hill coming back to Earl Head. Um, but what the Chiefs were able to do with him the first time they played him, and the, the level that Legarius need and the Chiefs defense has been playing at. Again, I don't trust Tua either in a cold game situation away from home. I think the Chiefs can handle Miami. I think that's the most likely scenario that that we'll run into. Um, I think our defensive line gets pressured there, and if our offense can be a shell of himself, the Chiefs should be the Chiefs should be fine. Yeah, I think it's the obvious suspects. Like the part of me agrees with you, Nate, that I'm not super afraid of Miami because we've seen them beat them. And yeah, they're, they're so banged up at very important spots. There is part of me that just says, okay, like the dolphins, what was that game? 21 to 14 in Germany. Mm, yeah. And their offense did nothing the first two quarters, but they started right. to come alive in the second half. And I think Mike McDaniels is good of an offensive schemer as there is in the NFL. And part of me is just a little concerned that this guy would be able to cook something up and just sure, sure. outscore Kansas City. But uh yeah, Buffalo's the scary one. Buffalo looks like because I think Buffalo's gonna win this week. Like they have right. more to play for than my you're you're playing for a playoff spot. It seems unlikely that they would miss. You'd need all these other teams to win as well. But uh Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo, even when their record was bad, I think we talked about it on the show that like this is the best bad team ever. Like they were so much better than their record indicated. I think they were, when they were under 500, I can't remember what their record was at the time, five and six, six and seven. They were like fourth in the NFL in points differential. This is right. a Super Bowl contending team. So I want to close on this. We can, we're going to, we're going to skip I mean, the game. Can I ask you, I would love to get your thoughts on this, but in Nate too, y'all can, would you rather face Buffalo now if they were to lose or whatever in Kansas city, if they had to come the first round or with them being the second seed and winning and if the chiefs win, then the chiefs having to go to Buffalo most likely. I have a, I have a hot take on this actually. 
Uh, Arrowhead Stadium's on Fraud Watch after this year. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not I, the fans. I want to I want dancing with y'all. Listen, listen. It's not the fans. The fans have done their job, right? A plus on the season. Sure. But like, I don't know what it is. This team has, played has this, I mean, unbelievable, unmatched home field advantage that just disappeared this year. And maybe that's more about like, hey, this team's just not that good. They can lose anywhere. <laughs> but it's but like we see it all the time in the NFL where it's right. like you play at home, even if you have all these deficiencies and the crowd and the environment and all of that stuff just plays a factor. And that can be a three-point swing and that can be enough to win a game. Yet time after time, we just like haven't seen that happen. So at this point, like the home field advantage thing, I'm not even really thinking about it right now. Makes yeah, sense. that's a t- that's a tough one. I mean, going into Buffalo seems like a tough thing for sure. Uh, but they, I will say, they've proven they can win in Arrowhead. Um, I know mm-hmm. they haven't done it in the playoffs so far, but in the regular season, they've beat us in Arrowhead three straight times. So they do at least feel some level of comfort there. Um, I think I, I would still probably pick meaning them at home, though, because Buffalo has been at such a grind the past few weeks that, like, if they have to come in after beating Miami in this kind of, um, you know, a tight game potentially that was really emotional, maybe you could catch them in a little more of a let not a letdown because it's the playoffs, but it's just a little bit different. The stakes wouldn't be as high. The crowd, the crowd in Buffalo, if they faced us in the divisional round, would be crazy. So. I'd say probably at home in the wild card, but honestly, I don't feel great either way. <laughs> uh, let's do a, let's do a rapid fire here. Actually, I want to get your guys' takes because it's uh, Chargers minus three. Is this the first time the Chiefs have been underdogs all season? I feel like there was one more, but I can't remember which one it is. Were they against the Eagles? That might be it. But that game was at Arrowhead, so that seems surprising that they right. would have been home dogs. It might have been. I don't know. There was one game I feel like where they were like one point dogs or at least close to a pick them. So getting, hey guys, we're getting Andy Reid as an underdog against the Chargers. This might be a time to to pounce on the Chiefs. Nate, you picked the Bengals last I week. Did. Don't think we forgot. We didn't forget <laughs> you picked the Bengals. So are you going to pick against the Chiefs for two straight weeks? Uh, honestly, I don't have a great feel for this game, uh, <laughs> but I, I think the Chiefs will probably win. Um, the Chargers kind of, I know they played the Bills tough a couple weeks ago, but that to me was more uh, like new coach syndrome more than anything. Um, and then they, I, I don't remember the end of the last week's score, but it didn't really feel like they ever really had a shot against the Broncos. I think the Broncos won by like 10 or something like that. Um, and especially because like all their guys aren't playing, I think they're just really ready for this season to be over. There's really no like motivation for anyone on the staff because they're not going to be, you know, they're not trying to um, appear for a job or anything like that. And frankly, I think the Chiefs, backups are more talented than the chargers at this point with like all the guys that are out for the Chargers. so i'll pick the chiefs we you know i i think that uh they'll i just think the young players will show up they'll be ready to go and uh yeah i i still think they have a better team maurice how you feeling statement game blaine gabbert career game Kadarius tony which way are we going yeah, I think the Chiefs to, to, to get this. We if they if the if it was a chance where like the Chargers could knock the Chiefs out the playoffs or move them down or like anything like that, they might come right. out and play harder. But being you know, but then the Chiefs starters would be playing. But still, I would be like that's gonna be tough here in a game that doesn't matter. Like Nate said, I think the Chargers are ready to pack it up and get into the offseason and clean house and, and really make some significant changes there. Um, I think they're trying to get this game. You know, they're adults and they're professionals. They'll play hard, but 
I don't think their heart is going to be in it as much versus some Chiefs players who's coming in who haven't got a chance to play a lot that I think will try to be like, this is why I should be playing or or here's my audition to get some more playing time. Um, long as Blaine Gabbert can be efficient, as we sometimes see him do, it's depending on which one we get, but I think we'll get a solid enough one that the Chiefs will squeak this one out. Yeah, there's never been a team as done, as ready for the season to be over than the Chargers. There have been worse teams. There are worse teams, but there's a difference between being bad and being done with the season. Your coach is gone. Your quarterback's gone. The Chargers are the walking epitome of Cancun on three. And that's how they're going to break the huddle before the Chiefs game. So I'll go Chiefs as well. I'll say Blaine Gabbert has us going, hey, the Chiefs, once again, Chad Henney, Blaine Gabbert, they got a competent backup quarterback. Give me a career. Hey, you know what? Give me a big Justin Ross game because I want the discourse next week. I want, (laughs) not because I believe it's going to happen, but I want the conversation online from the end of that game until the start of the wildcard matchup that Justin Ross needs to play more because Mm -hmm. he cooked the Chargers secondary. Please give me that. I promise we'll leave the show with it next week if it happens. Fellas, thank you for the time. For Maurice Elston, Nate Christensen, I'm Nick Schwert. We'll see you for a postseason edition of Kingdom Keys next week. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premiere is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.